good morning. How's the nine o'clock service doing? Hey, look at me for a sec. Does anybody uh, sense the presence of God in this place, the worship? I, I was telling my wife because uh, there was a, actually some miscommunication and we had four totally different songs and we got the guys got here this morning. We had to do a total change of all four songs at the last minute. But how many know God knew what he was doing? It was just the, the presence of God was so thick in this place. If we're going to clap, I think we should all do it together. Thank God that he's in control and on the throne. Amen. I could not wait to get out here, by the way. I was backstage uh, behind the stage. There's actually a hallway, and it's like 11 degrees back there. And I was getting frostbite. I'm like, hurry up and get out there. It's cold back there. And uh, I think I, on the way to the office today, it was like 39 or 40 degrees and a little chilly. I like, I like 95, 92. Um, that's, that's my sweet spot right there. So it's good to have you here. Say hi to your neighbors, man, both sides. Say, what's up? Amen. Some of you didn't move. You're rebellious. <laughs> Let me just say a couple things, then we're going to get into Acts chapter 19. Uh, that was the hint. It turned. See how I threw that out like that. Uh, just a couple things. I, I think there's an assumption sometimes when you're uh, looking up on the stage and our worship team, you just think, I mean, they're amazing and stuff, but maybe you come to the conclusion that we don't need help. And let me just say this, that we, we, we always need more Everything We need more ushers and greeters and children's ministry workers. and But we need more production people and sound people and cameras. And some of you play an instrument and you've been sitting on your instrument. And you have buried your talent. And uh, it's, it's time to use your talent for the Lord. So I want to encourage you, if you play an instrument, if you sing or think you can sing, um, you can audition. Uh, but we need, we need keyboardists, bass guitars. We need drums. We need everything. So on your Connect card... Uh, maybe next week. Let someone know we want to get you a, an audition and get you on the team and we'll get rocking and rolling. Second thing is uh, we are taking a, a, a trip in October. More information will be next week. We're going to Israel in October. And uh, so the whole church is going. The church is paying for every. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like not paying attention. What you say? Uh, no, uh, we, we actually had a plan uh, during COVID, but because of COVID, it got shut down. Uh, but we're going to be going in October of this year. It's going to be amazing. I've never been. I've had all my friends have gone, and it's going to be an amazing time together. We're going to have like a more information next week with a short video and an information meeting in the Wedge next Sunday after the service. But I just wanted to throw that out to you. Uh, I'm pumped. I, can't, I cannot wait uh, to go to Israel this year. And by the grace of God, it's going to happen. So more information next week. So just carve about 10 or 15 minutes on the back end of the service next week. And We'll have a little information meeting. Final thing, uh, my, my son uh, just gave the announcements and he talked about first things first. I want everybody's attention. Uh, I, I think you know me. I'm not like uh, prone to be like get up here and like cheerlead and hype people. And, uh, but I, I so sense that the presence of God is going to be here Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. And I, I just want to say this. We, we need God in our country like never before. Um, I don't know if you heard, but I woke up this morning and looked at my phone and there was a, another mass shooting in, was it Monterey Park? Ten people were killed, ten other people were injured, just another mass shooting. And then, um, I mean, just, uh, it, they were burning police cars in Atlanta, setting fire last night, Antifa. I mean, we, we could just go on transgender uh, agenda, LGBTQ plus divided by minus, that whole thing going on. And then just like the, 
the wokeness in our culture, cancer culture. I mean, pastors are afraid to say anything from the pulpit because they're afraid of getting arrested or uh, sued or something like that. And we're, we're living in absolutely crazy times. If you believe me, say amen. And uh, I want to encourage you. Some of you have never been to a service like what we're going to experience on Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. You just come once in a while on Sunday morning. And we're glad you're here. But I, I'm just saying this as your pastor. You need to be here every single night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And if you, you can only make one night because of work or whatever, I'm asking you to come on Wednesday night. Pastor Jabin Chavez is one of the greatest preachers on the planet. He's going to be here. He's going to rock the house. It's going to be powerful. I'm talking to the men in our church. You are the priest of your home. And I'm asking you to tell, like, the family is going to church this week. You're like, three nights in a row, three nights in a row. Some single ladies, you're like, oh, my goodness, he just texted me last night and asked me to go on a date Friday night. Well, you need to text him back and say, oh, I said yes, but actually I forgot. We have an event on Friday night, so if you want to go on a date with me, we're both going to New Life on Friday night. And uh, let, me, let me just talk to the, the married ladies. If, if your husband's not coming, you, you show up anyhow. I'm going to talk to some young people, some teenagers. If your parents aren't going to come, make it a priority. I'm asking you to be here. Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night, we're going to set, I mean, it's going to be a powerful time in the presence of God. And we're going to let God move and he's going to heal and deliver and reconcile and save. And it's going to be awesome. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then we're going to end the fast on Friday night. I don't I, my, my daughter, I was asking, like, where are you going to break the fast at? And we're, we're praying about it right now. And it's going to be good, though. So stand to your feet for the reading of the Word of God, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. We are in week number three in our series called Essentials. Week number one, we talked about the Word of God. Last week, we talked about prayer. And one of the phrases we used last week is that we need to pray first. Right when you wake up in the morning, first thing you do, before you make your coffee... Or tea. For you that aren't coffee people, I'm praying for you. You need to get delivered. Uh, but before you, you do anything, you just say, God, thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Before you close your eyes at night, just say, God, thank you for this day. It wasn't a perfect day, but thank you that, that you gave me this day to live for you. Before you go to work, before you get in your car, before you go to school, we need to do what? Pray first. It's got to be a priority of our lives, Right? And uh, today, today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you. Seven people were excited about that. Seven people were excited about that. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit after the service. Uh, after my message, we're going to have, uh, an, I'm going to give an invitation for people to receive Jesus. And then we're going to have people up here available just to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be awesome. Acts chapter 19, if you have your Bible there, just give me a loud amen. amen. If you don't have one, that tells me it's your very first time, so we want to welcome you because anybody that calls a new life their home in Jesus, their Lord brings their Bible to church. Huh? Acts 19, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, the apostle, took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some, somewhat, that's important, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? They said John's baptism. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, 
the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues. Pastor Steve, are we like one of those churches? They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for Acts chapter 19. Thank you for the Apostle Paul. Thank you, Lord, that you're here by your spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to us. We come to church today, Lord, with ideas, traditions. But we want the Lord to speak through his word, not through our tradition. So bless the reading, the preaching, the hearing of the word of God. And Father, I pray selfishly for my Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> who play in two hours and 15 minutes and they're six-point underdogs playing at Buffalo. But God, you said that you could do all things, we could do all things through Christ. So nothing is too difficult for you. Bring a victory for the Bengals. I pray for a spirit of confusion over Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. You may be seated there. Sorry, I got out of control there. I'm Steve, control yourself. Relax, relax. Let's dive in. The title of the message is my power source. My power source. Someone say it out loud. My, if, you're, if you're taking notes here in the building or online, that's the title of the message, my power source. I was thinking this week, I don't know about you, but how many things in my life have to be charged? I've got, a, I've got an iPhone, that's got to be charged every night. I've got an iPad, that has to be charged every night. I've got a computer, that's got to be charged. I bought an electric car a year ago. Probably every two or three days, that needs to be charged. Um, I've got a shaver for my head. That's got to be charged. I got a, a shaver for my beard. That has to be charged. I got a, I got a nose and ear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all the old guys said, yeah, you got more he uh, hair coming out of your ear than you have on your head. And so I got a nose and ear thing, and that's got to be charged. I got an electric toothbrush, and that's got to be charged. And then on my road bike, I've got a rear light that has to be charged. I've got a front light that has to be charged. I've got a GPS computer that has to be charged. And then I, I got a new bike, and it's electronic shifters. And it, it gives me, I don't know, 50 or 60 hours. And then after that, that has to be charged. Everything has to be charged. And I've discovered that if I don't charge all of those things, my life is insufficient and inadequate. And I came to church to let you know that you and I need to be charged. And I want to say this, that coming to church one Sunday a month doesn't get it done. We have to be daily charged. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you got to be daily charged. My power source, my power source, that's the title of the message. Before we get back to Acts chapter 19, I want you to see a couple verses coming on the screen. This is a very popular verse, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It says, this is the word of the Lord. So when you see that, you'd be like, I better wake up. I better listen. This is important. Muy importante. Not by might. So he's saying not by human might, not by human power, but by my what? Spirit says the Lord. The word spirit there in the Hebrew is ruach. Everyone say ruach. And it's hard to take the word ruach in Hebrew and translate it into English. Because the English word doesn't really do a good job defining what ruach is. And here, here's what it actually means. That's ruach. That's spirit. 
In the New Testament, it's the word, anybody know what the word is? It's the word pneuma, and it's actually, it means wind. Someone say wind. And it has added the connotation of something, listen, something moving me forward. So it's not by might or power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. This is going to be really helpful to you. If you think that the Christian life is about external things, you're, you're, you're greatly mistaken. See, it's not, I, these are all important. I've been preaching on It's not that if I can read 10 chapters a day, if I can pray an hour a day, if I can go to first things first, and those are very important. But it's not about all the external things that we can do. It's about understanding that the Christian life is internal. It's understanding that the Holy Spirit who lives in me gives me power to live this life. Would someone say amen to that? And so he said, not by my human might or my human power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord that causes me to live a life of victory in this life. 1 Corinthians 4.20, look on the screen. Here's what 1 Corinthians 4.20 in the New Living Translation says. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Blah, blah, blah. You know, a lot of Christians, it's just a lot of talk. We just quote verses and we debate people and it's just like blah, 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 blah. No, but the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by what? God's power. How many would say that someone's last words are very important? If I were to ask the church right now, what, what, what was the last thing that Jesus said? I think a majority of us would say Matthew 28, 19, and 20. He gathered his disciples on the hill and he said this, last marching order. Go in all the world, preach the gospel. Baptizing them. I used to think it was that. It's not that. It wasn't Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go into the world, make disciples. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The last thing he said to his disciples, don't go anywhere. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200, but wait for the Holy Spirit. And as you wait for the Holy Spirit, he's going to come upon you, and then you will be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Judea Samaria, and at the ends of the earth. That was the last thing he said to his disciples. Wait, don't do anything else, but be clothed with power from on high. Notice this, power there is the Greek word dunamis. It just means supernatural ability or strength. Let me ask you a question with your hand lifted. How many of you in your life need more supernatural ability and strength? I just want to say, I can't, I can't pastor in my own power. I can't lead in my own strength. I can't preach in my own power. I need more supernatural ability and strength. Now, as I talk about the Holy Spirit today, how many know that all of us come from different traditions? Some of you were raised Lutheran or Methodist or Catholic or Pentecostal or no religion. You were agnostic or atheist. And then we come to a church like this, and especially when we start reading about the Holy Spirit, we come with, how many know, sometimes we come with baggage. Or we come with fear. Because I've seen the videos that people that claim that the Holy Spirit was moving and there was some weird stuff happening. And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that group. You know what I'm talking about? Again, I was raised in the Catholic Church and I went, I, I went to CCD and I remember we didn't call him the Holy Spirit. We called him the Holy Ghost. I don't like ghosts. I'm like, I don't want to be on the ghost team. And uh, so here's what I'm, I'm going to talk about, two main things. Number one, I'm going to explain the terms, and then I want to encourage the believers in Jesus. Okay, number one, write it down. Let's explain the terms. 
Explain the terms, write it down. Number one, we're going to talk about explaining the terms. Hey, put your tradition away, put your denomination away, forget what someone else told you, your parents, your grandparents. How about this? Let's let the word of God speak this morning. Come on, I need more than 11 people. Let's let the word of God speak to us this morning. So let's explain the term. Look at me, look at me. I've been studying this book right here for 38 years. Went to Bible college for four years, took some seminary classes, and I've been reading this book for a long time, studying, preaching for 38 years. But I want to tell you, sometimes it's still confusing. Anybody else? Don't leave me up here on the stage. Oh, you are so holy. You're so holy. I want to hang out. No, no. Sometimes I read something like, huh? I don't have it all figured out. And especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because when you read the Bible, how many know the Bible talks about different baptisms? So I'm like, which one are they talking about right now? I'm going to explain it in just a second. So different baptisms. And then sometimes you read the Holy Spirit is in us. Okay, got it. Sometimes he's with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Sometimes he comes on us. Sometimes he comes upon us. Then there's the filling of the Holy Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the gifts of the Spirit. There's the anointing of the Spirit. How many are confused already? We haven't even stopped. I'm like, huh, huh, huh? Well, let's explain the terms. I want you to write down these three things. Number one, let's talk about different baptisms. Number one, the baptism into the body of Christ. By the way, you're sitting in a Bible college class. I would be taking copious notes right now. This is really important. So first of all, let's talk about the baptism into the body of Christ. This is talking about, listen, salvation. Salvation. This is salvation. Look at the screen. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have been baptized. What does it say? We have been baptized what? Into what? One body. By the way, there are not bodies of Christ. There's one. There's the body of Christ. We've been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. How many know that you know that you know that you're born again, you're saved, you're going to heaven? Raise your hand, okay? So this, this is it, the baptism into the body of Christ. It's the most important baptism. And we all get, when we got saved, born again, we were baptized into one body by the Holy Spirit. By the way, there is no such thing, listen carefully, there is no such thing as a Christian that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Impossible. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, you might want to jot it down. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. And it's possible you can be coming to this church for years and years and have never been born again, never been saved. And we're going to get that done today at the end of my message. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be baptized into the body of Christ. It's not religion. It's not rules. It's not ritual. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on. How many know that you know that you know that you have it? Okay, you've been baptized in the body. Awesome, awesome. Here's the second thing. Ready? Here's the second baptism. Number two, baptism in water. This is the verse I quoted earlier. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Water baptism. Have you been water baptized? Okay, what is it? Well, when you go into, so you're like, well, it's cool. We just like go into a jacuzzi and dunk our head. But it's a picture or a symbol of something super powerful. What you're doing is when you go into the water, you're saying, I'm dying to my old self, my old nature, my old life. And when you come up out of the water... You're experiencing new life in Jesus Christ. It doesn't save you, but you're going public in your faith. Here's the illustration that I use. When I proposed to my wife, I proposed to her at a Chinese restaurant in Escondido. 
I know today it's like you got to like jump out of a helicopter and all this. It's just like. But I was in Bible college. I had like $11 to my name. So I, I went to a Chinese restaurant here. I got a fortune cookie, took out the little thing, and I typed up my own thing. It says, Tammy, will you marry me? So I know. Let's all do it together. Ready? The count, the count of three. We're going to go, oh, one, two, three. Yeah, that was cute. So I went down there, and we went to a Chinese restaurant. Here's the thing. I never, I never um, eat the fortune cookie, okay. So I knew that when it came, she was going to want to break both of them. So this is a true story. I've, I've told this before. So here's what I was going to I was going to go to the restaurant, and then I, I had the one in my pocket that said, Tammy, will you marry me, right? And so uh, we're sitting there. Here, here comes the two fortune cookies. And I said, oh, check out that painting. That's real. And she turned her head, and I took one of the fortune cookies, and I put mine there. Now check this out. This is crazy. So then she first opens the fortune cookie from the restaurant. From the restaurant. You want to know what it said? She opens it up and it says, you will inherit jewelry soon. I'm like, it works. <laughs> it works. And then, and then she opened the next one. She's all, Tammy, will you marry me? She didn't kind of get it. Tammy, will you marry me? Huh? Ah! So... So there, there was other people in the restaurant there, but it was, really the, it, it was really just the two of us, right? It was just our engagement. And other people were listening in, but it was really the two of us. When you got saved, I mean, it could have been in a service, it could have been at a men's thing, it could have been, but it was really between you and God. That's kind of the engagement, right? But when you get water baptized, then you say, I don't want to just keep it private, I want to go public. That's why... Probably next month, I think we have another baptism set. We'll go out on the deck. There's going to be about 100 people out there. And you're just saying, I'm going public. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And uh, so then you go into the water. So the wedding day, the wedding day, then we had a wedding, you know, 10 months later. And we invited all of our family and friends. There was a big group there. And it was public. That's what water baptism is. I don't want to just keep it private. It started private, but I want to go public in my walk with Jesus Christ. And if you haven't been water baptized... Probably in the next couple of weeks we'll announce it, but that's the second thing. It doesn't save you, but it just tells other people you're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? So baptism in the body of Christ, number one. Number two, baptism in water. Here's the third one we're going to talk about this morning. Baptism with or in the Holy Spirit, okay? Baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. You got that down? Let me just see if you're taking notes. Good, people on the front row are. Second row, you guys all right? Or you're checking out ESPN scores. What are you doing there? All right. Okay, let me just say this. Look at me. I am a foodie. Anybody else a foodie? Come on, keep your hand up. These are the real Christians in our church right now. So, so, my wife and I will go to New York and she's like, I want to see the Statue of Liberty. I'm going by. I'll do that. I'll, I'll wave to the state. Hey, Statue of Liberty, what's up? And I don't mind going to the Empire you know, State Building. That's cool. But I, I want to know. Where are we going to eat later? You can ask her after the dinner. We haven't even eaten lunch. I'm like, what's for dinner tonight? I'm like, anybody else? Like, I'm like, we, we went to Italy about three or four years ago. And let, I, we went to the Colosseum. It was awesome. We went to the Vatican. I was like, what's up, Pope? I said hi to the, right? And uh, I don't mind doing all the, like, the site. But I want to know where are we going to eat later? I, I'm just a food. I'm already thinking about I already said, how am I going to break the fast? Where am I going to break the fast? And when people, friends of mine come into the town, they're like, hey, I'm in the mood for Thai food. I'm like, let's go to Rice by Mama downtown Ventura. That's the place to go for Thai food. They're like, oh, we're in the mood for steak. I'm like, Mastro's and Thousand Oaks or Malibu if you want steak. No, I want a, like a greasy burrito. Vlades, he has a, 
this truck is so awesome. And it's, the Lord put him right near my house too, right? It's just, thank you, Jesus. And uh, we want a burger. We want like a really greasy burger. Don't go to In-N-Out, go to Tommy's Burger. That's where we're going. And, uh, and uh, if you want good Indian food, I can tell you, man, go to Taj Downtown Ventura. It's got the best Indian food in the county. And I, I can tell you all the different places. I'm just a foodie, food junkie. I love it. About six years ago, my friend Pete Scazzaro came to town. And he wanted to borrow my car to go to Santa Barbara. So I drove to the hotel and dropped off the car. And I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? He said, well, we're going to go up to Santa Barbara. We're going to rent some bikes and ride bikes. By the way, he fell on his bike and broke both of his arms. And uh, that's another story. But, uh, and then he said, tomorrow night we're going to this awesome Brazilian restaurant in Oxnard. I'm like, huh? He goes, yeah, it's like one of the best ones in Southern California. I'm like, huh? What's the name of it? And he told me the name of it. And I'm like, I, I've never heard of it. I'm 57 years old. I've lived in the county for about 54 years of my life. I've never heard of the... He goes, no, no, no. I've got a Brazilian friend that lives in L.A. He drives all the way to Oxnard, like once in a while, because he said it's one of the best restaurants in all of California, Brazil. I'm like, huh? I've been here my whole... I've never heard of this restaurant. By the way, I still haven't eaten there. I know it's over by the Channel Islands Harbor. I haven't... Have you eaten there? But I'm like, what? You're telling me something I don't... I've been here for five decades. I've never eaten at that restaurant. Some of you have been Christians for 10, 20, 30 years. You've never heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you've read about it, but, but you, you haven't eaten there. You haven't experienced him. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, our, like what I'm talking about now, we're, we're, we're sitting on like a very firm foundation. Right? This is something that's made up. It's not kooky or goofy or weird. Do you know that the fastest growing churches in the world right now are Pentecostal spirit-filled churches that believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Listen, most of the leaders in our church baptized full of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. So listen, put your tradition aside, put some bizarre thing that you saw aside. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is a real thing. Look at the definition right here. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, here it is, it's a definite experience. It's not made up. It's not kooky or weird. It's a definite experience. Subsequent, it means it happens after salvation. Where the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, Godhead, Trinity, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, comes upon the believer to anoint and empower him or her for service. Now listen, if the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is important, you should, you should see it like all over the Bible, shouldn't you? Not just one occasion. This is interesting. In all four gospels, there's only like three or four things that are mentioned in all four gospels. Ready? The birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and here's the fourth thing, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we were in Acts chapter 19. We're going to go back to that in a second, but I first want you to look at Acts chapter 8. Go ahead and turn there real quick. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I told you we're in Bible college. Don't fall asleep in class. Acts chapter 8, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. The game's about to start. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, if you got verse 12, say amen. amen. But when they, notice the next word, when they what? Believe. Believed. So here they are, they're Christians. When they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. So Philip preached. They didn't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. No, no, they, they put their trust in God. So they were saved. 
Notice, then they were baptized, both men and women. So they got saved, then they were baptized in water. Verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they're saved. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're Christians, but they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Notice that? Salvation, water baptism, then baptism in the Holy Spirit. Back to Acts chapter 19. Let's read it again. Verse 2, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we haven't heard of it. We've never heard of that restaurant, that Brazilian restaurant on the harbor. We've never heard. You've been living here 30 years. I know, we've never heard of it. So Paul said, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. In other words, repent, come to life in Christ, get born again, be saved. On hearing this, verse 5, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Notice this at the end of verse 1. There he found some what? Huh? There he, that's really important. There he found some what? Disciples. So are they saved or not? Is a disciple saved or not saved? Saved, okay? And then you get to the end of the verse, guys that are saved, disciples, followers of Jesus, but then they didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. So Paul puts his hands on them, they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. Like this is all over the word of God. All over the word of God. Explaining the term. Baptism into the body of Christ, that means you're saved, born again. Water baptism, listen, sign up. That's an important step. And then the third one is baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. By the way, look at me. The most important one and the only one that you need is, is number one, to get to heaven. But why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want more of God's power in your life? Okay, explaining the term. Here's another second thing, encouraging the believers. Do you want to get encouraged today? Okay. So I'm going to talk to just the three people that said yes. <laughs> and two of them are on the front rows, you guys. So. Okay, Ephesians 5. 18 on the screen, Ephesians 5, 18. Ephesians chapter 5, coming on the screen right now. Anyhow, it's going to come up in a second. Here, here's what it says. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. <laughs> Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to, that's a, that's a, that's a heavy word, debauchery. That just sounds sinful. It just, it means like sexual or bodily pleasures. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to crazy things, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Think about a, a drunk person, someone that gets drunk, they, they act different. Right? And how many know this? That if you want to stay drunk, you have to keep drinking alcohol. I don't know a lot about this. Pastor Philip was telling me before the service about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Right? Huh? You got to keep, keep, keep drinking if you're going to be drunk. In the Greek, it actually means be being filled with the Holy Spirit. How, how many of you just go to the gas station like once a year and that kind of does it for you? No, no. You got you to go often, right? I got to charge my car often. I got to charge my phone often. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time filling. 
It's a constant thing. Don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So check it out. You're, you're like, man, I think I'm open to more of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Awesome. What do you do? Two things. Write this down. Number one, you have to remove all barriers. Some are denominational barriers. Some are skepticism, a lack of faith, doubt, uncertainty. we got to remove the barriers in our life. Listen, I'll... I'll I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, but the first couple of years we started the church, I, I shied away from preaching on this. Because I've been in meetings, like I've been in meetings, and there's some weird stuff that happens in the name of the Holy Spirit. Again, in the Catholic Church, when I heard about Holy Ghost, I'm like, I'm not on that team. I'm not on the, the ghost team. Because when I hear about the Holy Spirit, I hear about like chandeliers and snakes. I'm not swinging from any chandeliers, and I don't like snakes. And I, I've been in meetings where people are like crawling and doing weird stuff. And like, I know the Holy Spirit is, is not the author of confusion. It's not weird or spooky. And I think some people make it weird and spooky. And because of that, I, I shied away from teaching on it. And, and I think a lot of us, because of some of the bizarre things we've seen or heard, we've shied away from it itself. And I think sometimes we just need to remove all the barriers. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39 says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, repent. So that's all we need to do. We just, maybe we just need to repent, turn from our sin, turn from our skepticism, turn from our unbelief, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. So the first thing is to remove all barriers. You can keep that verse up. The second thing is this. I need to receive the Holy Spirit by faith. Receive the Holy Spirit by faith. So remove all barriers, receive him by faith. Do you know, do you know that thousands of years we used to think that the earth was flat? You realize that? Not until 350 BC Aristotle said, no, it's not flat, it's actually round. But for thousands of years we believed. And some of us, we, we believe that like the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, it's like bizarre, it's weird. No, no, we just, we just don't know. So we got to... Receive him by faith is the second thing. I wrote this in my notes. I think it's good. You might want to write it down. You might want to say amen to make me feel better. I wrote this. All that we have is not all that God has. All, all that I have in my life, it's not all that God has. God has so much more for me. Think about that. Look at me. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I want to offend you. Some of us have never gone deeper in the things of God. Some of you have been going to church 10, 15, 20 years. You've never gone to a first things first. You're like, oh, it's not going to my cup of tea. You need to go deeper. Listen, some of you need to go deeper in your worship. You know that the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And then, and then worship happens and you're just like, it's just my style. We'll see if it's your style at 515 when the Cowboys play. That's funny because we were at your kid's soccer game when he kicked in this running, and you were like running up and down, this is my boy, this is my boy. And that church, you're so. Who let, who let him up there? It's not very good. I don't really like that song, anyhow. Get your hands out of your pocket and give God some praise. Listen, some, some, of, you, some of you know what the Bible says about living a generous life and tithing every week. Everybody claps and you're like, I'm not doing it. Well, then you're not going to receive the blessing. You never go into the deep things of God. Some of you know that you're supposed to use your gift for the glory of God. Listen, 1 Peter 4.10 is each one, 
that's you, that's me, has received a gift, past tense. Therefore, minister it to one another. You're like, I'm not getting involved. I already paid my dues. Imagine you're 13, you're coming, hey, I'm, uh, I'm not doing chores anymore. How come? I've been doing it for like four years and now I'm done. No. No. Now listen, listen, listen. I believe this by the Spirit of God. He wants you to go deeper this year in 2023. Normal Christianity is not going to get it done. He wants you to go in. Listen, he's like, hey, come into the deep end. Come into the Olympic-sized swimming pool. We're over in the kiddie pool. He's like, no, no, come out. There's so much more to experience over here. We're like, no, I want to hang out with the little kitties. You know what I know about the kiddie pool? It's packed and it smells really bad. <laughs> come on, turn to your neighbor and say, go deeper, go deeper. It's time to go deeper in the things of God. Hey, how about that? I challenge you in 2023, give God this year. I'm just a, like, go all in. That's what I'm preaching on next week. Here's the title of my message, ready? I was reading my Bible last night. It was like the Lord gave me this title, sold out or sell out. And I, I emailed myself late last night. I'm like, that'll preach. <laughs> Listen, I'm ch I am challenging everybody. I don't care. You're an elder. And I'm challenging in 2023, go deeper. Like read the word of God like you've never read before. Come to first things first every single night. Pray, fast, give, serve. And I'll tell you, you will grow more in the next 12 months than you will in 12 years of your life if you just sit in the kiddie pool. I'm preaching right now. And part of that is, listen, why wouldn't you want all the Holy Spirit? He has so much more for you. I'm just going to tell you my experience. You, you've already heard my testimony. I apologize. I share it. Raised Catholic, went to church a couple times a year. That was it, Christmas, always went to the midnight mass. And maybe a couple, Easter, maybe a couple other times that my mom could beg me. And I remember sitting there, it was just so boring, stand up, kneel, sit, stand up, kneel. And when you're like, I'm a, kind of a spaz a little bit, my, my, my mom would just hit, like hit me there and she's like, sit still and be quiet. I was like, which one, sit still or be quiet? And uh, I was just a spaz. And then I, I went to CCD, I was... First Holy Communion, I got confirmed. And, oh man, if you would have asked me at 13, 14, are you going to heaven? For sure. I'm in. I've never killed anybody or robbed a bank. Right. Then I was playing basketball at Moore Park College. I was invited to church like this, and I got radically saved. Like when I left the building, went home, broke up with my girlfriend, stopped partying, stopped drinking, stopped doing all the, I was like alone most of the time, just reading the word of God. And a couple months after that, I heard about water baptism out at the beach in February. <gasps> so I got baptized in the Pacific Ocean. That was a couple months after I got saved and, and I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed of God. I'm gonna let people know, man, I'm following him. And then I came to a service and the pastor did a message just like you heard. And they said, after the service in the prayer room, the elders are gonna pray for anybody that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, I was like, no snakes, no chandeliers, but God, I want more of you. So I went in there and they prayed. They said, hey, oftentimes we pray for people and they start speaking in tongues. I was like, huh? I don't know if I want that. And they prayed for me and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't speak in tongues. But a couple weeks later, I was, it was probably 11, 12 o'clock at night. I was just reading my Bible and I just prayed a prayer. I, was, I just said, God, I want all that you have for me. You guys know I'm not weird, don't you? I mean, I'm serious. I'm, 
So I'm just like, I got just like, fill, I, I heard about the Baptist, I just like fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, but I'm not falling down. I'm not falling down. That's what I said, I'm not falling down, God. But I want all of you. And I can't even describe it like, like what I felt like when I got saved. Like this joy came over me, this peace came over me. And nobody told me, to, I just started praying in tongues like, I was like for four, five, six minutes, and it was, it was so powerful. Nobody, nobody did anything. But they did say, hey, you might not speak in tongues then, but, and I'll tell you, I left my bedroom that night, and my life's never been the same. I'll tell you, it's, it's not weird, it's not spooky, it's not goofy, it's not any of those things. He's a gentleman but he wants you to be filled with the Spirit. So I want to pray for two groups of people. Number one, listen, I'm asking you, unless you're serving in some capacity, to not move, but to be in prayer. I believe God's going to show up in power. But first of all, I want to pray for anybody that maybe you've never begun a relationship with Christ. Maybe you've never, first baptism, you've never been baptized into the body of Christ. Again, let me say it. You cannot be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit. Impossible theologically. So I'm not, I'm not asking you, do you want to join our church? I'm not asking you, do you believe that there's a God? I'm not asking you, are you a religious person? I'm not asking that. I'm saying, do you know that you know that you know that you're born again, that you're saved? So you have to be able to look back in your life at a time and say, oh, that was the day that I turned from my sin and I said yes to Jesus. I can tell you, at the age of 19, October, Wednesday night service, I don't know the exact date, but I know that was the day my life changed. When was it for you? You're like, I, I don't know. I don't think it ever has. Well, this is the most important baptism, making sure that you're going to heaven, making sure that you're born again, making sure that you're saved. So here, just close your eyes. I'm talking five-year-olds all the way up to 100-year-olds. This is the most important thing you can do in your life, the most important decision right now. Just keep the lights about right there. It's perfect. Father, thank you for Jesus. He came to this earth 2,000 years ago to die in our place. If you want to be baptized into the body of Christ, born again, saved. You want to be known as a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Christ. You want to know that you're going to heaven for for sure. I want to pray for you right now. So I want to start on the right side of the building, which is my left. If you're opening up your heart to Christ, you want to be baptized into the body of Christ, you want to be born again, you want to be saved, you want to be on your way to heaven, I want you to do a couple things right now. Would you open up your eyes, lift up your hand, listen, raise your hand and your head and look at me. And by that you're saying, Steve, I want to accept Christ into my life. I agree with you in Jesus' name. I agree with you in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Come on. Today is the day. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's about 10 or 12 people on the side. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Anybody here in the middle section? Just go and lift up your hand. I agree with you in Jesus' name. I agree with you in Jesus' name. I agree with you. You, 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 you. There's probably 20 people in the middle section. Thank you for lifting your hands. And if I missed your hand, it's okay. God sees you. Then off to my right, the far left side. Baptized into the body of Christ. You want to be saved. You want to be born again. It doesn't matter if you were Lutheran, Methodist. It doesn't matter if your grandparents believe. But do you believe? Raise your hand. I agree with you in Jesus' name. Probably another 12 or 15 of you. I agree in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hands down. Father, right now, Father, would you seal every decision that was made right now in Jesus' name. God, thank you that 
those hands that were lifted, they're now part of a bigger family called the family of God. And then we know when they walk out of this building, there's going to be the enemy that says, well, that was just an emotional thing that you did. You were just responding out of your feelings. And he's going to target each and every one of them. And we pray by the spirit of the living God, guard them, protect them, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen.